Comic Book Characters is an uncensored podcast. You can follow the Comic Book Characters podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Neil Before Pod. We're also on Twitter at Twitter handle CB Characters, and you can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. Return of the cast. Combo Characters is back and better than ever. This is the 51st episode of this show. You can now listen to every single one of our episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. Coming to you live from Boston, this is the invisible, incredible, invincible Ig, the, the president and CEO of Snark Industries. Almost got through that. Um... I hear some laughter in the background. It's not appreciated. Joining me, as always, uh, from San Antonio, Texas, uh, your friendly neighborhood podcaster, the alluring, the astonishing, the asexual Alfred (laughs) RPC. Oh, okay then. Well, look, man, you know, I think what happened is that you were watching that Kalista video (laughs) where, where, uh, you know, you just have a little mic trouble. Mike work trouble. I think it just I, got in your I, head. Just got in your head. I don't. Okay, that was a small mistake. I don't even think it counts as a mistake. It just kind of <coughs> through it. No, life, anyway, life happens. Life happens. Uh, life happens. I just love how, for whatever reason, we we are now fifty episodes in, and just the intro. <laughs> oh man, it gets us every time. It's good. I, I especially have trouble. I mean, my. My intro is like a mouthful, though. Yeah, you it's got like a lot. President and CEO of Snark Industries, the incredible invisible. <laughs> I always forget invincible. Yeah, invincible, invisible, indigestible. I yeah, I need to shorten it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> got a lot of good feedback last week about people really liked the Return of the Egg song. Yeah. So I, I would start off with that, yeah. and people, I mean, you know, people even want that to be recorded as a full, like a full, a full song. song? So, I, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. I but smell, I smell Kickstarter. Yeah. If they, <laughs> I should just, yeah, I should do that on Kickstarter. Just just the first line of the song, me singing it, and yeah. be like, want more? Want more? Five dollars, yeah. guys. Right. If, um, every, if everyone contributes 20 cents, we can make this happen. Yeah. Um, so that might just be a running thing where every week I do another 90s another line. song. Okay. Or another line. Yeah, yeah, I can either pick different songs or or just do a different line from the song. And then someone out there can piece will, it together. Like, splice them all together and put to one song. Oh man. I'm not fucking doing that. I've, um I'm loving this fifty first episode of Combo Characters. Uh feels so nice and cozy being up on iTunes now. Uh again, thanks to all the fans uh for making this happen. If it yeah, weren't and yes. I know that this is probably going to get tiring for me saying this, but it really is going to help us out if you guys go on there and subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. It's <clears> the <throat> only way that we can get more. Uh, I was going to say more eyeballs on this, but I guess it's more earballs, ear holes, ear holes. Ear holes? Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound good. We need uh, the holes, guys. We need the let us holes. let us get inside a couple more ear holes, guys. Um, actually, more than ears. a couple. Let's, let's get, get a weird. lot. Of let's get a lot of them. Let's get weird. So help us get weird with some people's ear holes. Um, Anyway, man, do you want to just jump into the news yeah, this week? Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff this week. Um, you know, the biggest thing comic book-wise, I guess we're just going to jump right into the comic code. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> the less popular cousin of Casting Corner, but um, still, 
you know, I think it's gaining traction. It's Comic People. Cove is the cousin that like comes over to your house and like touches all your stuff. I don't and, have a like, cousin like and, that. And like wants to true. play your video games all day and just is like doesn't want to leave. That it's that's the Comic Cove cousin. Uh, I don't have a cousin like that. Okay. Well, most I mean, I don't know most families. My family has those. I think a lot of families have those, but it's it's fine. Uh, it's fine. That's not. That's good. That's a plead the fifth right there. Uh, civvies, uh, civvies, Civil War Two, the money grab from Marvel. Um, actually, turns out is a pretty decent storyline. Um, so we're gonna talk and spoiler, uh, spoiler warning, spoiler alert for everybody out there who hasn't gotten through the first three issues of Civil War. We did touch on the first issue already. Uh, but we'll really quickly recap kind of the first three and then our thoughts. Um, so basically uh, what happens is they find this inhuman. His name is uh, Ulysses. Ulysses? Yeah. Ulysses is how you say his name. Keanu Ulysses Reeves. Is that who? It, yeah, it totally does look like Keanu Reeves. If they'd made a movie, it, it would be played by Keanu Reeves. Oh, uh, yeah. It'd be well, so- Keanu Reeves like from Point Break era maybe? Yeah, like, ni- or like 90s Keanu. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, it's a, he's an inhuman who has supposedly the ability to see the future, or at least a probable future. And so there's a discre- disagreement between Captain Marvel and Iron Man as to how or if he should use his ability to prevent certain things. Um, Captain Marvel is very much for it. Uh, Iron Man's very much not for it. And, um, you know, he's just like, we need more time to determine what his powers are, how they work. Are these even actual visions, or is he just you know, messing with all of us, like, what is going on? Anyway, this leads to the death of James Rhodes, uh, War Machine. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> I already, yeah. Uh, did you already I, do spoiler? Yeah, I did spoiler. I did spoiler. Uh, okay. Uh, She-Hulk, thanks for listening to the podcast, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think She-Hulk dies. Apparently, she not, every, not everyone thinks that. Okay. I, I talked yeah, to I people. thought so, too. But, like, when you see the little, like, the little boop, 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 like, that, they're that dead, is, right? That's, that's a telltale sign right there. Yeah. People, people, that's it. I've talked to people, and I look at the internet, and people are like, she's in a coma. She's fine. Like, oh, my no, God. No, don't they? People still beep, beep, beep when they're in comas, right? They don't, they yeah, don't flap. the same people who are like, Ricky Martin isn't gay. Oh. Uh, you know? Yeah. He's, yeah. wait, he's not? And so, um... So I think She-Hulk's dead. Okay, and then, uh, so what happens is Iron Man is like, he's losing his mind. He's all upset. He goes and he gets uh, Ulysses and he basically kidnaps him and is like, I'm going to run all these tests uh, because I need to get to the bottom of this. Uh, my, my best friend is dead. And so then the Inhumans come and they confront him and then the Avengers come and they're like, no, it's cool. We'll figure it out. And then Ulysses has a vision of the Hulk just tearing through shit like nobody's business. Yeah, I mean that's putting it lightly. I mean he's essentially murdering every single murdering everybody the Marvel like, universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so at one uh, point he's holding up Iron, what looks like Iron Man's suit, and like <laughs> Iron Man's legs are not attached. I don't know where they are. His legs I'm are MIA. Sure. Yeah, they're MIA. Um, so yeah, things were about to get really, really bad. And not only that, so the, I guess the other thing I need to explain really quickly is that the way Ulysses powers work is when he has these visions, if you're near him, you experience the vision. Like, so what was that like for Tony? (laughs) Oh, I know. Experience seeing himself just literally ripped into pieces. 
Kids, do you think it, that they experience it from their own first person account? Oh, jeez. Are they just seeing it through Ulysses' eyes? That's hard to say. His name is hard to say. Yeah. Damn you, Marvel. Yeah, but Ulysses's that was even worse. Ulysses? Because I had the apostrophe at the end there. <laughs> Ulysses's. Yeah. God, that's tough. Anyway, um, you think they're seeing it first person or like through his eyes? <laughs> I'm going to say they're seeing it through his eyes, but man, it would be really cool if they do like at least one segment in the comic at some point where they show it. Like somebody experiencing it, and it's through their perspective. Um, yeah. That would be cool. Which is a cool. It's a cool concept. Yeah. The whole like, because because then it like it brings up these questions, which you then start to kind of go into with the with with the the series of like, well, once you get those visions, like one, how much credence do you put into them, and two, right. like, what do you do about it? Right. What's it's, the responsible thing to do? It's, about it's it? very minority report. Like it's. You know, these kind of precog, precognition crimes, you know, pre-crimes, I think is what they call it in Minority Report. And it's like, you know, if it hasn't happened yet, can you still arrest somebody? Yeah, right. Something they haven't done. Yeah. It's it's exactly. it's an interesting moral question they're throwing out there. Um, and then in issue three, uh, they go and confront Banner, Bruce Banner, who is still around, um, but has not had a Hulk incident in over a year. He was at what he thought was a secret lab, but everyone found him right away. And uh, and they basically confront him and tell him they bring him up to speed. <clears throat> and uh, they're like, you need to come with us. And he starts getting really agitated. And you don't know if he's just stressed out because like these are like his best friends and people that he's worked with forever, like kind of accusing him of something he hasn't even done yet. And it looks like he might hulk out. You don't know what he's going to do. And all of a sudden... Boom! Like a like a projectile to to and through the head. Yeah. Banner goes down in a in a heap. So and Bruce Banner is now dead. So now we've got War Machine dead, She Hulk dead, Hulk well Bruce Banner Hulk at least dead. Then we find out it was Hawkeye. It was Hawkeye yeah. who did it. And then you're like, oh Hawkeye, what? Oh, just a loose cannon. But then he's like, no, no, no. Bruce told me yeah. if I ever Hulk up again, Hulk in, Hulk out. Hulk yeah. out, Hulk, Hulk, Hulk down, out. Hulk out, Hulk out. Um, a Hulk down sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it does. Uh, or is that when he, is that like a cool down? Anyway, um, he, they show like a little, you know, uh, video, the flashback of oh, the flashback. Uh, essentially them talking about, mm. you know, next time I do this, just fucking just kill me, just right. Me. And Banner and. <laughs> Banner made the arrow, like made the the tip of the arrow or whatever, specifically to be able to, to kill murder Bruce himself. Banner, yeah. Right, and um, so that's the end of the series. We're good. Yeah, so that that's it. That's all. Civil War is over. Now that's issue three of seven. So there, <coughs> there. I mean, there are definitely some high stakes here. Now I know, of course, comic books, comic book movies. We talk about this all the time. No one ever actually stays dead. You know, if you're lucky, right, yeah. if you're right. lucky, you get a couple of years of a character being dead, maybe, and then they come back in some capacity. But that's fine to me. That's okay. It's long as as long as you're buying into the narrative that they're telling now and enjoy it, kind of on its face. I think that's okay. I think if you just don't worry about what happens later, like you know, I don't know. I, I feel like they're more. These kind of stories are more enjoyable if you don't think to yourself, "Ah, oh, they're just going to bring them back six months from now. 
I'm I'm with you. I mean, I think it could definitely work in its own world, but it, it is kind of a bummer that like Marvel and really comics in general have just desynthesized desynthesized <laughs> just tough words this <laughs> desynthesize us to this to you know just deaths in the comic book world. Yeah. Except for I mean Darkhawk stayed dead. That's is the he one. Dead? But, Did we confirm that? Uh yeah. They didn't even give him a death. He was so unimportant. He just, just like, We're just gonna stop talking about. He just him. he's like a yeah. like like a Marty McFly and his brother and sister in that picture. From yeah, he, they just disappeared. He just disappeared. Yeah, just, some it's like whatever that comic was. Someone actually wrote like drew out a whole panel of him dying and like the you know what happened, and they just like they realized they had one page extra that week, so they just deleted that part because <laughs> nobody cares. But um. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right in that. Okay, you should just experience the story for what it is. But at the same time, it like you, it it doesn't have the same impact, right? That, that it would have, you know, whatever before, <coughs> before Superman, the whole Superman dies series kind of started this trend, right? It's just it's kind of like, ah, uh, okay, like that's interesting that they're doing that in this world. But at the end of the day, it just doesn't, it doesn't have the same impact. I don't know. I mean, it. It's it's not any fault of the writers. Like, what, what are you supposed to do, right? I mean, you can't you can't just not tell that story that you want to tell. But it's just, I think, because of what Marvel's created, it's just it, it doesn't it doesn't have any impact anymore. Because we're gonna see Bruce Banner again. This is not the last time. No one's out there crying their eyes out, thinking, "Holy shit, we're never gonna have this character back." This is it. He's gone, and that kind of takes away from it for me. So, no, and I get that. That's a, le- I mean, that's a legitimate perspective to have. Um, but you just, you don't know what story they're going to end up telling. It's kind of like the Hydra Cap thing, right? Like, no, I, I think you're right. You're supposed to look at it and and consume it from just the beginning of the story arc to the end, right? And that's fine. And I get that. Yeah, I'm just saying, it's still, it doesn't have the same impact <laughs> so, as it would if if you actually killed these characters. Right. I'm not, I'm not even saying that you should. I just, I just think. If you're gonna do it, it's just it's just frustrating as a fan of this stuff to just to have these characters killed off and then a couple months later come back. Like it's just like, what are we doing here? It's like there's just a, a default button or a reset button. That a reset you hit. button, yeah, um, uh, yeah. And it definitely after if it keeps happening over and over again, you just like you said, you get desensitized to it and it it does lose a little bit of its luster. Although that being said, I can't recall them ever killing the Hulk before. So that's true. I mean, the Hulk is a big name. And, you know, I think I also think Marvel and we'll probably touch on this a little bit uh, later is like trying to move into some of their newer versions of these characters. So they want to have reasons to have the older versions take a break. (laughs) Right. Uh, So it it, it kind of falls in line with what they're trying to do for the short term. We'll see. You know, I think in the end, all these characters are probably going to come back, including Bruce Banner. I don't think this is I don't think this is the last time we're going to see Bruce Banner. Yeah, I agree. I, man, but man, wouldn't that be crazy if it was though? Like, I, I mean, that would be kind of amazing, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they'll get to the point where they're just like, you know, what we're gonna stick with this. Um, the other thing, and this is a really weird perspective to take on it, but like, you know, if we were like, let's say we were to die tomorrow, like actually, like physically die, then <laughs> Bruce Banner would be dead. Like he would stay. He would have stayed dead to us. God, that way I got so dark. What was the point of that? I don't want to think about that. If I'm dying, the last like I'm not gonna go. 
thinking, <laughs> shit, Banner's dead? I'm never going to get to see him again? No more Banner. That's not going to be my thought as I as the, sure? I breathe my last breath, man. But you know, I'm now that we've had this conversation, it, it might, is gonna it creep, might creep in. Yeah. It might creep I might in. die. I might get run over today and think, fuck. I'm thinking about Bruce Banner and then dead. And then like, ah, damn you, Al. Just, <laughs> ah. <laughs> Just. So terrible. Uh, okay, so, Bruce Banner right now. <laughs> that's look. We keep talking about it, so it's just even more so. It's just gonna, it's just filling up your brain. Okay, but you so, know what, dude? I don't want to be too negative because I'm actually into the story. Yeah. And you made a good point in that you you know this is what you wanted Secret Wars to be, and I think you're totally right. This is the kind of crossover storyline that draws people in, is interesting, gets all the characters involved, and is just kind of cool. Secret Wars was just too convoluted. It was so Ooh. much. Too all over the place. Like, the characters were nowhere near what their regular alignments were. It was just, it was kind of a mess. And then you'd have the the mess of it just not coming out in the appropriate time when it was supposed to. Right. And then being extra issues. Um, kind of looking back on it, it really was just a mess. Which is, which is a, a shame, because the art on, those, on that series was really, really good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I'm digging. I'm actually digging Civil War too, yeah. even though we kind of groaned when they first announced it. Yeah, uh, it's interesting, and uh, I'm kind of tired of Iron Man always being in the middle of this stuff. Though, can he? Is he, can he never take a back seat? Is or is he just like? Is he basically like the Sean Penn of the comic book world? He is kind of Sean Penn of the comic world. You know what's so funny is that you you are the big Iron Man mark. I mean, he's getting all this limelight and screen time. You know, he's he's on, he's on the big stage right now, and you're like, all right, all right, all right. All right. Well, I think it's just because he's always he's always on his soapbox. It's kind of getting a little tiring. Um, yeah. Well, and yeah. you know, I, I I honestly, I it was hard to be sympathetic when he was essentially getting upset with the Inhumans and Captain Marvel for for killing Bruce Banner when it seems like that was clearly the right choice. <clears throat> well, yeah, but, but see, then I, again, I think there are other that's, that's, there are other that's fans other out there that is. see it that see it and go, wait, no, he didn't Hulk out. The only person that said that he did is. Uh, Hawkeye, you know, but at the same time, though, you can't, you can't wait for the Hulk to Hulk out at that moment. Then, yeah, then it's, it's you're done. Yeah, then <laughs> it's really over. And in that one image, like he's clearly in the stages of of hulking out. He's in the early stages, right? I think that's pretty clear. You don't think that is? I mean, so you're, you're saying like he's pre-hulking? He's pre-hulking. He looks a little different than when he's just regular Bruce. I no, I agree. I think he was. I think that was. He was in the like, the foreplay kind of stage of of the hulking out. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's also very possible that we're going to find out later in the series that these visions are bullshit or they're being driven by Mephisto or some shit. And it's yeah. like, oh wait, Bruce Banner was never going to do that, and Hulk was never going to kill all these people, and well, we just murdered an innocent man. Um, but. At the same time, they kind of get out of that with the whole conversation between Hulk and Hawkeye saying, just kill me as soon as they start hulking out. Yeah. And Hawkeye being a marksman, that being his one kind of main fucking power is that he's got great vision and can see this stuff, clearly recognize the signs, the early signs of Hulk hulking out and yeah. killed. So, I mean. Plus, they obviously have spent time together, so he would know, right? He would know the kind of know. markers of what's going to. And he's also not going to do that just like on a whim. Like he's yeah, it's gonna his friend. Him. It's his friend. Yeah, right. You know, like even if you told me to kill you at some point, I'm not going to like. You would hesitate. Want to do the? <laughs> yeah. 
just you would think, oh shit, who now I gotta find someone else to do this podcast. Yeah, that's really the that's <laughs> the main reason. Um, um anyway, any other thoughts on civvies? Uh so I mean, where do you think they go now? Like are, do you do you do you predict any other big deaths for Civil War two? Yeah. There's gonna be a lot of deaths. You think there's uh, some more coming? Well there's been a it seems like a big death in every in every uh issue so far. Um Maybe if not deaths, at least like mysterious endings, <laughs> like the, like the She Hulk thing, where it's like, right. oh, and it gives you an opportunity to write some of these characters off for a little while. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's gonna get, it's gonna get weird. Uh, I mean, the, you know, what happens with Ulysses, I think, is probably the interesting thing, like what they figure out about him, and obviously, there's gonna be a twist or two there, and I wouldn't be surprised if they find that his visions are right. Not entirely up to snuff. Like, how do we know it's not Loki just doing shit? Well, yeah, and you might have just called it there. I mean, it seems like there is something mysterious behind him, especially because Ulysses is essentially worthless. Like, he he can't explain anything that he's doing. Yeah, he 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 doesn't know how to trigger his power. Right. He he can't fight or anything. He just constantly is getting you know kidnapped and you know things of that nature so you know this actually leads us to uh to the next talking point which is actually the really big news of the last uh week or so um kind of almost in the mainstream media uh, in in some places oh yeah um and, and you know you know you were talking about like there are going to be a lot of other deaths coming is tony stark one of those deaths that's possibly coming which is yeah. again you know bringing back <clears throat> to your point from earlier uh from a couple of podcasts ago where you were like, you know, Marvel said Iron Man is going to be the focal point of yeah. the Marvel Smack universe. All and, you all different. And it looks like like we're not even a year in, really. And it looks like they might be scrubbing Tony off of the off the roster for a bit. Because, big news, Riri Williams is going to be Iron Man, I guess? Would you still call it Iron Man? I don't know. Uh, but 15-year-old... Um, black girl is going to be Iron Man. Amer- right. From just, MIT, right from down MIT. the street from me. Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> not exactly, but close enough. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, well, that. Well, there's there's obviously many parts of this we can talk about, but um, including the backlash which came soon after. But um, I think the the initial news is obviously a very positive one, right? It like it kind of helps to keep creating. Uh, at least photo diversity from the the cast of characters. Right. Uh, as far as what happens with Tony, I'm really confused about that too, man. Because like, I, I do wonder like when Marvel came out with this all new, all different idea, and they had Bendis already slated to do Iron Man. Like how? I mean, and maybe this is too insider baseball, but like from like the comics industry, and I I don't know so much about like how far in advance they plan, but do you think at that point they knew that they were going to transition to a different Iron Man? I don't know. That was even in their heads. Like I, it's hard to say, right? But yeah, it depends. I mean, I've, I've tried to look into this kind of thing before and apparently it really, it really depends on the character and like the, the, comic book or books that they're involved in as to how far they plan ahead a particular storyline yeah well, uh, Riri, i mean riri williams has been has appeared in the comics yep and not uh, only that early on so yeah. like you know that she was in bendis's vision i guess pretty, definitely pretty early it's not like she's well, technically popping from, up in yeah 
No, so technically from issue one, because if you remember in issue one, that's right. Yeah. He talks about how he put like the plans to one of his basic Iron Man suits on YouTube or whatever. And an MIT student grabbed it or something, right? Yeah. It was like, yeah. MIT students, maybe he said. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was just a little throwaway thing. It yeah. wasn't. But that was setting the the seed for for what's going to eventually come. And hey, good writing. You know, that's what that's how you do it. You know, yeah. Bendis is great, but um, so yeah, I don't know. Obviously, Bendis, this is something that Bendis has been kicking around in his head, but I don't know for how long. Um, and obviously, Marvel editorial had to be on board with it because otherwise, they wouldn't let him do it, right? Well, but the other thing is too, they said Iron Man was going to be the the centerpiece for all, all different the flagship. Right. They didn't say Tony Stark, right? I mean, it, there is the that's there is true. The difference. <laughs> um, so, but but it is kind of weird. I mean, it, it is. As cool as it is that they're that they're making Iron Man a black woman, at the same time, it's hard to believe that back a year ago they're thinking we're going to make our our top property, you know, a black female superhero, right? I mean, as as progressive as Marvel has been as far as their diversity of characters recently, it's hard to believe that they would have made that jump. Um, but anyway, uh, I think it's cool, and I'm I'm excited to keep reading it. I've, yeah. I've read every issue of this of this yeah. Iron Man uh, series so far. It's really good. I recommend it. Um, but of course, as soon as this news came out, there was some backlash. Um, right. And a lot of it was, okay, good for you, Marvel. You're starting to, not starting. I mean, they, Marvel's actually for a while now been diversifying their cast of characters. Uh-huh. But when you kind of take a peek behind the curtain, go behind the scenes, you realize that uh, the diversity you're seeing on the page is not really being represented Um in the offices and right. And the writers or the artists. Yeah. Um, Editors. And especially when it comes to black (laughs) black women, which have never, never believe have never, ever worked for Marvel. There's not been one black woman, not one employee, 70 Marvel's entire history. Uh, So it takes a little bit of luster off it. Right. I mean, it's still cool. At the end of the day, you still have white people writing these stories and, you know the funny thing about that is like you can have you can have someone like david um uh, david simon right uh who did the wire yeah jeez uh, am i getting his name right i think it's david mm. simon. um let me just confirm that yeah david simon um yeah who's a white guy and he wrote it with a baltimore police officer and you know i remember even reading black people saying like how did how did two white guys nail this so 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 much like they just they got it all down perfectly and obviously, it sh- it shows that no matter your skin color, if you actually just put time and effort into your work and actually do the research, yeah, um, you 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 can accurately you know portray um, any type of story, right? And if you have the talent uh, as a writer or as a storyteller, yeah, right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, a guy like David Simon is not the norm, right? <laughs> right, he's an outlier. He's an outlier. So uh, you know, since you since you don't have guys like him just growing on trees. You you do need uh, more actual you know, diversity. You need, you need different voices, yeah. actual diversity in the staff. So uh, we obviously, have Coates. That's that's an excellent yeah. start, or like not even start, but that's an excellent place where Marvel is making strides. But yeah, man, when I remember when I saw that statistic that you mentioned a second ago about not once in the history of their company has Marvel employed a black female writer right it's like wow wow 
Yeah, it's crazy. And it's wow. really kind of, it's, it's sad really, but you know what? Hey, it's, it's good to bring this stuff up yeah. and to right. have it out bring there. Bring it to and, light. It's like when you have a problem, the first step is admitting you have that problem. And, right. and although Marvel hasn't been terribly forthcoming about like, you know, addressing that crit- criticism so much, I, they have to be doing it behind closed doors. Like they're, they're, they'll fix it, I guess. Even if their hand is sort of forced and it's not a natural thing for them, they'll they'll probably fix it in some capacity. Um, you know, the so I, I completely agree with that argument. By the way, of people getting kind of up in arms about Riri. Um, the other, are, of course, the other, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because it's dumb, to be honest. <laughs> but the hashtag Iron Bros that were like, "Not my Iron Man." Like, yeah, well, but that's expected, right? That's I mean, like, but that's it's like the Ghost Bros. It's all you know from the same thing. I think uh, the Ghostbuster stuff is so stupid. I can't. By uh, the way, saw Ghostbusters just on the small oh, tangent. Yeah, that's yeah, a it's good fine. Tangent. Just great yeah. tangent. Saw it's 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 entertaining. It is super entertaining. If you like Bridesmaids, Paul Fig, same thing. I mean, it's not the same movie. It's but it's got some of that kind of humor in it. Kate McKenna uh, is amazing in it. She really stands out. Um, Chris Hemsworth is really good. All the all the ladies are great um, in it. it, and it has a great balance of presenting a Ghostbusters narrative that is a little familiar and touches on nostalgia here and there, but is wholly a new story. And 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 they really do some interesting things. And it's a good movie. It's just good. I'm not saying it's like the best movie ever, but it's not even bad. Like. You know, so my, yeah, Godzilla I have no... is bad. Like the the right. Godzilla movie that ruined my childhood because I love Godzilla. Godzilla with Matthew Broderick is terrible. It's a terrible movie. Should not have been made. I'm sorry that it was made. Ghostbusters, the new Ghostbusters, is not in that realm at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have zero issues with with the cast being all women, but I will say, having Fallout Boy do your theme song that, is a a cardinal sin that, that was... I, I will never, ever. <laughs> that able to forgive that was personally my low point in the movie like the and it's it's actually not that that bad but it is the worst thing in the movie for sure <laughs> um but here's here's the thing where the ghostbusters movie and Rory williams what they represent and this is the thing and a lot of other people have talked about it too but i just want to bring it up really quickly because you and i have talked about this before both being uh you know uh hispanic that when you are able to see characters in film, in TV, in comic books, in books that are representative of you, uh, it just it just allows you to engage with these stories on a totally different level. So now you have a bunch of little girls growing up now that are going to see this Ghostbusters movie, and when they play around, like they're going to be Ghostbusters, and it'll be a totally natural progression for them, and that's awesome. Yeah, same uh, thing. Yeah. Same thing with Miles. You know, uh, now you're gonna have young black girls growing up. If they're reading comics, hopefully they're reading comics, and they they see Riri, and she's an MIT student. Like, I mean, this is a successful young woman or or young girl. They have someone to identify with, and and to maybe not necessarily use as a role model, but at least as a template for like, Hey, this is, this is a potential future for me. I think more importantly, it's allowing a, this character to be one of, or this person in the comics to be one of the top characters in the Marvel line. Right. Cause like, right. it sends more of a message. Like 
no, you're not just relegated to like the B and C characters. You can actually be one of the top, right? You know, top like faces of this company. So that's, that's I think that's a bigger, more powerful message. Because I, I hear the <laughs> argument, and I'm sure you've seen it too, that people are like, look, you have an Asian American Hulk, you've got uh, the Hispanic Black Spider Man, you know, you've got now the Black Iron Man, uh, girl Iron Man. Uh, why aren't you just making new characters with these minorities? Like, make new characters. Why are you making, you know, it's kind of... that misses the point. That misses yeah, the point exactly. Uh, you know, and then I get what they're trying to champion, because they're like, we. what they're trying to say is that the minority characters should be able to stand on their own. And I kind of get that as an argument, but in reality, this is the best thing that they could do, in my mind, because... Like you said, they're making them the A-list characters. Yeah, right. And it's like, like they're they're the top of the they're the top of the ladder. You know, they're the champions. They're they're the most visible characters, and you have these minorities in the roles of these A-list characters, and that gives them more visibility, which is ultimately what you need and want. Yeah. Anyway, I agree. I also just think this is a very kind of basic point, but just like. Visually, it looks more interesting when you have an actual diverse right. cast of people. Like so, it just, and, and yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, please. No, no, I actually, I, I think I'm done with that point. Okay, go ahead. Just real quick, I don't know if you've seen. There's a meme going around, like a picture of, um, is it Paul Ryan's? Paul Ryan. Oh, the uh, the uh, the Republican. Uh, yeah, Paul Ryan. Yeah, yeah, Paul Ryan. Uh, his his like intern crew. Yeah. It's like a picture of his all of his interns and it's just a sea of white people. Like literally <laughs> right. is only and it just looks kind of ridiculous. Like so you're right. When you're able to diversify 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 the uh, uh, when you're able to, to to visually show that kind of striking diversity, that's that's great just on its face, like literally on its face. Um all right, let's move on. Stepping this off the enough. soapbox, stepping off so Dr. Doom's going to be Iron Man. Yeah. So we have another person who's going to be Iron Man. <laughs> Tony must be like, what the fuck? In yeah. one week, yeah. two other people are going to be uh, my character. Um, what the balls? Yeah. What the balls, this, guys? Uh, obviously, people are comparing this to um, Doc Ock being Spider-Man whenever right. the hell that happened. Right. How was Superior. that, by the way? Superior. Did you it read good. that? It was good. Yeah, I read it. Was it. Good? Okay. it was good. Um, kind of makes sense. So Dr. Doom is kind of an evil Iron Man, essentially. Um and they already have established a, a bit of a rapport in this comic series. So. Yeah, which is one of my favorite parts of the comic, actually. Yeah, I mean, and and so far in this series, at least, Doctor Doom is very much a a tweener. Though I guess he's more presented as a good guy. I mean, he's not really he's not really a bad guy. He, I mean, he really, really isn't bad guy. doing anything wrong. He's not he's, doing anything nefarious. I mean, you always get the sense that like, like in the back, he's, he's up to something. something. He's yeah. up to something, but yeah. like it hasn't been <gasps> manifested in any way. So. Yeah, I'm actually really curious about that too. I'm not sure how they're going to do that though. Is that going to be a totally different series or Yeah, I don't I don't know. And that actually brings up another point uh which is something that I noticed we talked about off air is that we're having a lot of duality within the characters of of the Marvel characters now. I guess that I mean I, there's a lot of duality within their their A-list characters. So now Meaning you, you got Miles and you got Peter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Miles ahead. and Peter. You've got uh, female Thor, you've still kind of got male Thor. You've got Sam Wilson, Captain America, and Steve Rogers, Captain America. 
You got two Hulks. You got two Iron Mans. Two Hulks, two Iron Mans. Like, I'm on to you, Marvel. I'm, I'm like, mark this down, okay? I'm calling my shot. I feel like they're moving towards some kind of like duality event comic storyline where you're gonna have each character or the double characters like face off against each other for some reason. Like that's that's what they're building toward. Do you think the the optics of that are going to be kind of tricky though? Because it's going to be like white people battle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think maybe Marvel's just waiting to see how this whole like pending race war that's going on in actual yeah. America. You know, and it's and what it's, if it's well, yeah, it's in a civil war. It's, gonna... it's, it's Marvel's race war. Race war. They're going to be like, yeah, we're totally going to cash in on all this chaos that's going on in the real world. Sorry guys, sorry not sorry. Uh, we're making a lot of money, but. That just, yeah. that just reminded me, wasn't, wasn't, um, didn't someone, it was a comic where it was, um, a character that they drew as Donald Trump. I can't remember what the character oh, was. Oh, yeah, was Spider like, Gwen. Gwen. Spider Gwen. Spider okay, Gwen. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. We're, we're going back to the comic code. Um, <laughs> Spider Gwen Annual One, which, which just came out recently, which kind of takes place in an alternate universe, even though there's not really supposed to be alternate universes anymore. So I don't know, whatever. But Modok, Modok, the big oh, right, head yeah. dude with the tiny arms and the tiny legs and the tiny, tiny hands. I mean, the perfect guy to be Trump, right? The, the tiny hands. perfect guy. Modok in her universe is Donald Trump. It looks just like Donald Trump. I actually was going to go buy that comic book, and I, I had one of those like subscription boxes where they send you like nerd stuff every month. And in my box that comic was in my box and I was so excited. So I was like, Oh wow. I didn't even have to go and buy this. It, it came to me. Oh, and wow. was uh, that? Yeah, it was meant to be. I showed my, I showed my family and they're like, my dad goes, Hey, that looks like what's his name. <laughs> and I'm like, Donald Trump. And he's like, yes, Trump. Oh my my dad, dad, dad could not get people's names down to save his life. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Donald Trump is Modoc in in the Spider Gwen. It's amazing. That's really um, cool. But yeah, I think you might be right about this whole uh, duality thing. Yeah. Um, it if is they, if they call it duality, I'm expecting some kind of residual over yeah. here. By the way, Marvel, it might happen. Um, Sada, whoever especially because like every every other version of these characters has to be either a different race or a different gender, right? Right. Um, so it seems purposeful. Just, yeah, and, there's there's something there's something going on there. But anyway, so um, I think so that's, go, I think we go, should should yeah, we stop what, what 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 uh, should we close down the comic cove? Should we yeah? Should we just pack up our our, uh, our stuff? I think we should go from one inconsequential. Villain in Trump. Yes. Oh, nice. I don't know about that. Well, let's hope so. At least. Let's hope. Let's hope. To another. I mean, although he's going to be the main villain apparently in the movie, a somewhat inconsequential villain in the comics. Uh, Doctor Strange. We find out who the main uh, antagonist is going to be for the Doctor Strange movie, and it's none other than say it with me, kids. Cassilius. Oof. Fuck. Um, what do he do? What he do exactly? Uh, Which is coming up in just a little bit. Still, so. not a single goddamn Darkhawk appearance. 
and I got to sit through a movie with Casilius in it? I've never even heard of this guy. I don't even know. Um, so from Vulture, uh, here's a description. He's barely a footnote. He's barely been a footnote in Marvel history. Darkhawk had his own series, guys. <laughs> 30 plus uh, issues. 30 plus. All right. Uh, the character first appeared in the 1965 Doctor Strange story, acting as an underling of classic Strange nemesis Baron Mordo, mm -hmm. played on screen by Shuatel Ojiofor. Yeah, I never pronounce his name. In this week's prequel comic, which is set in the continuity of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not the conventional Marvel. Oh, this is too convoluted. Uh, he's a master of the mystic arts, which that kind of sounds like Doctor Strange, doesn't it? Um, yeah. It's at all. Oh, which... and then. Yeah. Which totally... Uh, go ahead, sorry. Anyway, yeah. His eyes look fine, but he's a little prideful and impetuous, so presumably some kind of catastrophe, perhaps self-made, will lead him to the dark side. <laughs> so here's the thing with Cassilius and the way you just the way you just described him, especially. Marvel... And I got... Okay, it's fine. It's their formula. Fine. It's fine. It's, it's, it's tired, but it's fine. Uh... They're basically just making a villain that is the hero, but an evil version of the hero. Marvel does that a lot. They do it a lot. They they yeah. do it all the time. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. It works as long as the story is good. They have a problem with the villains not always being compelling or dynamic, so we'll see. Um, I So just because it's a character that I've never heard of, I'm not going to say that this is going to be terrible or anything. Most people hadn't heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they were amazing. So let's just see yeah. what they do. But it is... I, uh, I actually don't. As as much as my as you can sense my disdain for um, just the disrespect shown to one of my favorite characters, um, right. I'm not against the idea of, of putting in a little-known uh, character into a movie because I think, and I've said this before on the podcast, but like it gives you more freedom to right. do more of that character because you're not going to have a million nerds being like, no, his eyes are red, not green. Yeah. You know, whatever. Um so like he's they, they can do whatever the hell they want with this character. Right. The canvas is I mean, honestly, I bet that's a lot of the reasoning why they pick these yeah. guys. They're just like, let's just go with this guy, use essentially something of his back character, and then just make up the rest. Yeah, because look, so look, look what happened the with the Mandarin, right? Like people right, know yeah. who the Mandarin was, so they freaked out. Uh but you know, Ironmonger, not so much, because maybe <laughs> right. he is as much. Okay, well, so, yeah, we'll reserve judgment for Cassilius until we see more of him. That's going to be played by Mads Mikkelsen. Right, who's going to be in... He's in Star Wars, right? Rogue One? Yes? Can we confirm that? I am... Is that Bleacher Report confirmed? I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Uh, that's, you uh, want to look that uh, up while I look, set up the I'll look it up right now second. while you... Go ahead. But, um... So, a while back, we had talked about this. Uh, yes, confirmed. Rogue One. There you go. Nice. Uh, well, a while back, we had confirmed that Fox was going to develop some TV shows, perhaps, surrounding the X-Men property. Um, and uh, there was a couple or two or three different things that they were considering. Apparently, they scrapped all of that. But they're not done. There is going to be an X-Men TV show that's apparently in, like, pre-pre-production and nobody knows what it is. It's not the Hellfire Club or whatever the hell that other show was going to be. <laughs> oh, right. Um, yeah. they, the they, it's, it's not that. Yeah, it's not that one. So, you know, we actually don't have a lot of, like, tangible news on this. But I felt like this would be a good little speculative piece. 
if you saw if X if uh, Fox is going to do an X Men TV show, what would you like it to be? Either in terms of comparing it to another show that you liked or maybe even didn't like, or involving what particular characters or team. Okay, well, first of all, there's already an X Men movie series, yeah. and I don't think there's going to be much crossover with those characters. You're not going to have a essentially like a Wolverine version on the TV show and, right. and one in the movies. Um, so I think the point of this is to use the X-Men characters who are either or haven't have been used sparingly in the movies or haven't been used at all, which means this, this show is going to suck guys. <laughs> yeah, it's probably accurate. Um, it's probably going to have Joseph in it, who by the way was a real X-Men. Um, oh yeah. Joseph with the powers uh, of, yeah. Uh, Jubilee, I would think, would have would probably is going to play a big role. I'm going to say Skin's going to be in this. Skin, that's my guy. Yeah, Skin. Uh, so I I don't know, man. Maybe I'm being too negative, but I have a feeling, kind of like Agents of Shield. Yeah, it's going to be just, oh, I mean, just fringe, fringe characters. Yeah. Could be cool. I think if you're an X Men mark, if you love X Men, this is probably going to be cool for you. I could see James being in something like this. But for a guy like me who likes X-Men but like really didn't delve into it much past the the kind Movies, of top characters, right. uh, I, I'm, I'm not too crazy about the idea. I, um, I think you're right. I think I think best case scenario, depending on how they do it, we could maybe see a little bit of X-Files type thing. Like an X-Files vibe but with X-Men, like with mutants maybe. So would you have a – would you have detectives who weren't X-Men? Maybe investigating the X Men. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like maybe finding mutants in the world. Oh, yeah, maybe. A... Yeah. See, like that. That could, that could work. Maybe. I. I think you're right, though. I think it is going to be very, very much like Agents of Shield, which I do like as a show. But I'm not gonna lie, there are way better shows out there, and there are better superhero shows on Netflix that that do a better job of presenting that kind of stuff. So anyway, we'll just keep tabs on that one moving forward. Um, moving on to uh, a property that is a little more um, fleshed out for NBC is powerless, uh, which is essentially the office set in the DC cinematic universe on television. And it, it definitely has a comedic bent to it and angle it stars what Vanessa Hudgens, mm -hmm. Danny Pudi. I just found out Kate Mc, uh, Kate Micucci is in it. So psyched about that. Uh, love Kate Micucci from Garfunkel and Oates. Um, Ron, is it Funches? Funches? Fun F U N C H E S. Okay, yeah, I guess I'm not really sure. Yeah, he's a comedian. Uh, and then what's that guy's name from Firefly? Alan Turdick. Oh yeah, two is it two dick? That sounds weird. <laughs> sounds like it has two dicks. Um, I'm not sure, but uh, Tudick, Tudick, maybe. Anyway, Tudick. He's funny though. I've he's nice, no, great guy. He, Did we? He seems we... to like go into overacting a bit, especially in like comedic roles. So I'm, I don't know. We'll, I'll, I'll, I'll have well, a wait and see approach. Didn't we, uh, didn't we see him in New York when I was in New York that one time? And Where then was... you screamed two dicks at him. <laughs> yeah, it's just like two dicks. Yeah, that definitely happened. No, uh, was, no, I don't think so, man. No, yeah, dude, he was a. Remember, we were at that cafe, and he was like two tables away, but we didn't see him until we were leaving. 
two dicks was two tables away? Yeah. Um, maybe. I don't have a, I, I, for some reason, I'm not remembering this. Was this after a drunk trolley tour or was this like just a regular day? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. Okay. Well, um, either way, we, I mean, they, we already saw a trailer for this, right? Didn't they, like, was a, while it a back? trailer? I, I think, yeah, but it wasn't like it was a teaser thing. Like, there was no, it was just like a, a like a title card, basically. But they did release a poster for San Diego Comic Con, which, by the way, uh, another quick offshoot here. We do have somebody at SDCC, our man, our correspondent for he's like our official SDCC correspondent now, Tim Hennessy. Um, oh, that's so, we'll, so cool! We man. will be he's, in touch he's back. with him. He's back, better that's than ever. Insane. We will be uh, having a conversation with him later on in this week, and and either is doing he cosplaying. I believe so. I will check in. No, he is, but I don't know what he is. Okay. He wouldn't tell me. But I will find I've out. seen images of him as like a fucking kick-ass Iron Man. Yeah, he's so. real good at Iron Man. He's got the yeah. facial hair. Looks like Tony Stark. Anyway, Powerless, uh, I don't know. Looks like it could be good. I like the cast a lot. I just don't know how they're going to do this show if it's a TV show. I do like show. that the company is called Retcon Insurance, yeah. which is a nice little... Little nod. Nerds. Um yeah, no, I think, I think it could be funny. I mean, I think I'm a little. I don't know if I should be worried about Vanessa, like a a comedy where Vanessa Hudgens is, is like the the, the anchor. Titular, she's the titular star. Yeah, like I'm I'm fine with her, you know, being in the show. But like yeah. when I think of the like what made The Office so great for as long as as, as it was was like you had a, a legit like comic star as your Steve lead Carell. guy. Yeah. You know, Steve Carell probably should have never been on network TV. Like, he's just that talented. Right. Um, Vanessa Hudgens, I don't think of in the same vein. But <laughs> she might surprise us. I don't know. I mean, I'm not really sure what her comedic chops are like. So, um, we'll see. All right. Move but I like the idea yeah. of it. I mean, I've, I've been on the record saying I like the idea of the show. And I think it yeah. could be fun. I think if they I do think... it right, it's gonna. it has a lot of potential. I think they could also screw it up, and it could be terrible. So, Well, that's pretty much everything. That's pretty much everything, right? Uh, very quickly, we got a look at some Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Volume 2, concept art. Uh, all I really have to say about this, and we'll link it up onto the, onto the pod page, is that it looks really cool, and apparently James Gunn has said that he used this as an inspirational image to kind of set the tone for the movie. And I'm just like, dude, what does that even mean? Because <laughs> like, it's, it's like, it's a cool looking pick, but I don't... I don't know how you would thematically make an entire movie based around this concept art. Plus the concept. I mean, most of it is most of it really is kind of recycled from the first movie. Right. So I'm not really sure what's so different. I mean, I, I definitely you can see like Star Lord looks a little different, like he's got a new uniform, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to see the size of Groot. Which I think was, you know, it kind of gives you an idea of how much time's passed since the first yeah. movie. Like, how he's still pretty he's tiny. He's still tiny, yeah. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I mean, maybe little tiny tweaks here and there, but nothing major, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's cool, and I'm happy that, that we're moving along, you know, with it. But I, I just, I don't know. There's just not a lot to say, I guess. Which is, you know, we put it on the podcast anyway. But Yeah, why did you even... Why did you want to talk about this? Thing? I just, <laughs> uh, you know, I just like Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, I really like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I think it's, it's one of the most successful comic book movies. And I think 
a lot of it going back to an earlier point is like like and you mentioned it too like people just didn't know much about the property so it gives you a little more freedom to do whatever the hell you want and on top of that if you take chances like you're not going to have crazy ass rabid nerds breathing down your necks yeah. saying like you got something wrong so anyway yeah man look at those ghost bros i mean that's not even like a comic thing and just like oh. ugh, what and ugh anyway um all right other other things we're getting kind of sneak peeks at uh the luke cage poster for netflix's new uh luke cage show got released for san diego comic-con looks really cool it's a very simple uh black and kind of yellow motif going on there yeah on that point um friend of the podcast and just personal friend of mine drew husband who writes for up rocks mm-hmm. i guess got his hands on some of the either the first episode or one some of the first episodes and he actually also described it as similar to the wire which i think is what the the uh, creator said it was they right were trying to go for it, at least so um so that sounds promising that is that's good i remember when we talked about that before we were like uh i mean that's cool that that's what you're shooting for but <laughs> yeah right. it looks like they might have pulled it off that's cool um all right switching over to dc uh we're gonna do some sweet sweet dcu uh stuff now and First of it, the first part is now I'm doing a Kalisto here. Uh, Suicide Squad. They they've told us now that Batman is featured in Suicide Squad in some capacity. We already kind of knew that, but the little twist is that when we see him on screen, it's essentially from the perspective of the squad of villains of Gotham and of the DC Cinematic Universe, and he's a force of nature. Like he's so you know, terrifying to everyone that it like bends the perception of, of how he's going to be portrayed in the film. And that sounds like a really cool uh, concept to me for, for I agree. Batman. I agree. And I think they're, they're also kind of subverting the whole, you know, good guy, bad guy, protagonist, antagonist thing here, where it's like, obviously we're following the bad guys who I guess are going to have either some good guy qualities or maybe they're, goal in the end or their whatever their mission is has is somewhat altruistic i don't really know so you have to have the balance and it's funny that they would choose batman to kind of serve as essentially kind of the villain even though he's not and we all know that he's not but he's kind of the stand-in for what a traditional villain character would be which is just a scary super scary kind of uh nebulous figure that yeah getting in your way fucking shit up yeah just uh yeah that's i like really that cool. idea i love I it i think it's cool. i love it i love it I it's feel... cool to show that that because like yeah i mean we always we're always seeing things from the perspective of the good guy it's cool to see things from the perspective of the bad guy and then actually see them and see how they perceive that character it's just it's different it's interesting so. i'm really glad that because this film is unique in that sense that they're they took this this road they went down this road with it because it, it really does afford them this unique opportunity to show a very classic uh, superhero character in a different light um, in a way that Joel Schumacher did okay. not do. Okay, sorry. Uh, another thing that we uh, got, got wind of, uh, again, another San Diego Comic-Con kind of thing, is the... I, is it the official poster or just a, a promotional picture? Are you Have you confirmed that? Oh, we're talking about Suicide Squad? Mm-hmm. The, I, the post- I don't, man. I I just looked it up. Let me, you know, why don't you, why don't you describe so, it? So, yeah, the, the poster, and we've talked about this before, Suicide Squad seems to have done a complete 180 on their marketing. They've opted for a lot of color, 
a lot of pop to how they're doing their marketing. Their logo has a lot of color. Um, and this poster is right along with that. It's really cool. It's like, it's almost like a, I mean, I almost get like a, like a, like a, the exploitation films of the seventies kind of vibe with it. Hmm. Um, it's Seems got, like, I mean, it's very, not surprisingly very pop art. I mean, with it's very pop arty. It's, it's got, it's, I mean, it, it looks like there's a lot of, um, drawing, uh, influences on it. Like, uh, art, what am I trying to say? It, it doesn't look, <laughs> it doesn't look like just like a picture of something, right? It, there's a it's lot a of drawing and they essentially kind of drawn or cut and pasted the real faces of these actors onto the drawings, if that makes any sense. Right. There you um, go. But it looks, it's all in the shape of kind of like a, a mushroom cloud. That's what it, I mean, that's the overall shape of the image. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's filled in with images of the characters, but it's hard to explain. Yeah. It, we're going to throw the really picture on, on the thread on the, on the podcast so everyone can see it. Uh, so apparently it is a new poster that okay. came out. Honestly, the story I'm reading is from today, so maybe it's brand new. I don't it's know. an SCCC thing. Yeah, that's what I that's what I I thought. So it's a San Diego Comic Con uh, promotional. Anyway, it's super release. colorful, and it's just like it really just pops off the screen. If it's... you're if you're into movie posters and stuff like that, this is a really nice one. Like I know people that that buy those and frame them up. Um, this is one of the better ones I've seen in a while, and it's definitely different. Because, you know, we've seen superhero movie posters over and over again. What is it? It's like the sight of someone's face. It's yeah. someone standing, like, on the corner of a building. <laughs> right. Everyone looking uh, really serious all the time. This is more on, yeah, there's there's obviously very minimalistic uh, movie posters, and then there's, like, crazy over-the-top ones. This is more on the over-the-top side. Yeah. There's a lot going on, and sometimes the over-the-top stuff can get a little bit too much. This, I think, does it really well. Yeah. It's really colorful, and it looks... Um, and it just... It, it conveys kind of the seriousness of these characters and, I guess, the violence involved, while also kind of tying to its comic origins, which I think is cool. Uh, speaking of posters that suck, the new Star Wars one... I'm sorry, guys. I know a lot of people online love <laughs> it. Rogue One yeah. uh, poster. That poster sucks, okay? The first... The top half is nice. It's cool. The Mogo half. The, yeah, well, you call it the Mogo half. It's just the Death Star in the background. Looks badass. That looks really cool. Okay. The the fucking the bottom half on the on the beach, ocean, river thing, whatever the hell that is, it looks amateur hour, man. The the characters running on it don't even look. They're actually there. Look like they were just cut and pasted into this into this landscape. It There's just not that many of them. It looks like a it looks like a fan made poster is what it looks like. Yeah. Um, I'm over it. Yeah, I, I'm coming. I gotta. I do. Just, I gotta call it out. I'm sorry. Um, I know a lot of people really like that poster, and like I said, the first half, the top half's cool. The second half, Mogo half is great. Yikes, Mogo! By the <laughs> way, the planet Green Lantern in Green Lantern. And thanks for explaining that because nobody would have known what the hell you were talking about. Well, I mean, it's a comic book podcast. I think someone might have known. But... Yeah, but no one would have made the made the connection. All right. It just looks like Mogo is floating in the background. Just saying. Um, <laughs> worthless. <laughs> so I agree, though that poster is really uneven and unfortunate. Um, Wonder Woman, not unfortunate. She was for me the best part of Batman versus Superman. Um, not hard to be the best part of that movie. Yeah, it's though. like the tallest dwarf, but 
you know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, we got some pictures, uh, some first picks, got some hot picks, a Wonder Woman movie with Gal Gadot and I believe what Chris Pine. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're just standard promotional stills, uh, but they look good. The costume looks good. I like that because the images are like taken in actual real lighting you can tell that there's actually color in in, in her uh <laughs> in her costume and that before just, snyder has gotten a hold before of snyder's it. turned it into just black and grays um oh, it's it's still muted like it's a very dark red and dark blue but um but it's nice to see a little a little bit of color at least yeah um the costume looks good. I mean, that's really the only thing you can take from it at this point. The, 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 the shots themselves don't really show a whole lot. Um, to be honest, though, the last thing I'm worried about with this movie is the costume. Like, I'm, huh. I'm sure that's I, I, fine. Granted, but at the same time, I mean, and we've already seen her in BVS, so we know. But, like, Kagudo looks like Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? Like, they, they at least got that down. Like, see, Well, see, Christine, also a friend of the podcast, would, would argue that that is not the case because... Wonder Woman is an Amazonian. So and she's Gal Gadot, too, small. too small. Yeah. Gal Gadot does not look like a warrior. Okay. That's fair. I'm not I'm not trying to throw shade no, on No, no, no. People. I mean, I'm just saying, like, when you think of a warrior, that's not I don't think Gal Gadot is. You think more like China. Or somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I don't know if most people go straight to China, but uh somewhere in the middle. Someone you know, someone like Ronda Rousey, maybe. Something like that. Okay. Yeah, but you definitely don't want Ronda Rousey as because I'm not. Yeah, no, that, I wasn't. I know what you're saying, but you just mean like physically, physicality wise. I'm just talking about physical. I think, yeah. <clears throat> I think the argument. I, I would kind of agree with Christine. She's side of it. she's a little small, but I, I guess I mean like in the face, the hair, and the costume, like it. <laughs> I don't even know. You're grasping at straws. Right uh, now. Maybe I am. Yeah, she's a little, she's a little small. You're right. That's true. I hope that movie's good. That's all I'm going to say. I hope it's good. I, I do too. Um, you know what I don't think is going to be very good? Sorry. Yeah. Not sorry. Actually, sorry. I am sorry. Really am sorry. Mr. Lee, Mr. Stanley. Happy birthday, by the way. He celebrated his birthday. birthday today? No, no. It was a while back. Oh, okay. but we haven't. Right. I don't think we officially addressed it on the podcast. I think he was 93? 93 years old, man. Wow. That's crazy. Um, Stanley is, is going to be introducing a new character and or universe by the name of nitron and we don't know that much about it but it's in in conjunction with a hong kong investment group and they're going to be developing digital properties whatever the hell that is that means film and tv okay and internet maybe Uh, yeah I don't know what else that would be. Uh, they really didn't give us a lot to go on, but you know, and I love Stanley. Clearly, we wouldn't even have this podcast if Stanley didn't exist and didn't create so many of the wonderful characters that we get to enjoy now. But I don't know, man. I I feel like I feel like this is kind of like a Harper Lee situation. Like somebody roped in poor old Stanley and was like. Pow, biz, wang. Wait, no. Pow, <laughs> pow, Wiz, wi- wang. <laughs> I said That's... pow. I said pow, biz, wang. Instead of pow, uh, whiz, bang. That's what I meant to say. 
Wouldn't it be amazing if they like they like Stan Lee wrote a comic and it was like it was like more lewd than like Preacher. It was just like disgusting yeah. and terrible, and everyone's like, "What the fuck? What's wrong with this guy?" Um, dude, but, I don't I don't know why in your mind the the narrative is like someone roped Stan Lee into writing a comic. I mean, wh- like to me, it seems like he wanted to do this and was just like, "Hey, let's." I have all this money and influence. I'm just going to fucking push this series that I have in my head on everyone. Because like, how many, how many characters get a TV and film deal before they're even like debut? Right. Like, I don't know. To me, this seems like just Stanley wanting to put put another mark. But on is his, this like his, his actual creation, or is this just like some collaboration thing he's doing? Because I get this. I, mean, I think that... it's a collaboration, but I think he's very much involved. I mean, he's like a. a a top guy in the creation of it. And we don't know anything about it. It's just, it's called Nitron and it's about Nitronians <laughs> who live on modern. <laughs> it sounds that's well, no, you're doing the thing. And I know that's how it's written in the press release, but like you're doing that thing where you use the word to define the word that you're defining. <laughs> so, so Nitron, I guess is the planet that they're from. Okay. Is it they're highly it... intelligent and they live on modern day earth? I would imagine in disguise. Okay. This is this has been done before, Stanley. This is not new territory. <laughs> it's but, called Transformers. Uh, yeah, it's called Transformers. It's called many other things. Um, Robots in this case. So I don't know, man. Okay, but anyway, I keep hope your eyes peeled. We'll, we'll keep, we'll, we will keep our eyes on Nitron for you all. In Do we even know if this is a Marvel property? No, it's not. I don't think. It okay, is. I think it's its own independent thing. Which By also, way, yeah, it's not. Ben Arroyo is the developers who have now, I guess, purchased. Film and TV and digital. This for Nitron. Um, By the way, <laughs> in case you haven't heard of Ben Arroyo, their credits include Cell, Cymbeline, Queen of the Desert, Kill Your Darlings, and Margin Call. So, of course, those? we've heard of all of them. What are those things? Yeah, no are those idea. movies? Are those TV I don't shows? Know. Are they books? I have no idea. Uh, what are those? I don't know. The are whole they... point of that joke was that I don't know are about they, are any they candy? Of those. Are they candy? They might be candy. Could be candy. Um,. By the way, and maybe we'll we'll send the link on the pod for this press release as well. If you read that press release, it sounds like a Donald Trump speech. It's a bunch of words, but that actually don't really say much of anything. It's such Guys, an odd thing. Nitron is going to win so big. Okay, we're going to win so big. Surprise it. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, when you see Nitron, it's going to be spectacular. Okay? Yeah. It's going to be amazing. It's going to blow no one, your mind. It's going to blow your mind. Comics better than me. Okay. Nice. A lot anyway. of, there's a lot of Trump in this episode of comic book characters. Okay. Uh, you know, it is the Republican National Convention this week. That's so. true. It's, uh, on a small tangent, did you see the Stephen Colbert? You saw the Stephen Colbert thing. Everyone saw it. Oh, yeah. That was great. A little Hunger Games thing. It's good. It's probably staged, but good. Um, all right, man. Well, speaking of games. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely what do you done. Think? That was you actually think, pretty good. You think we got, you think we got a little time for uh, everyone's favorite podcast comic book themed game show oh there's always time for what he do what he do oh jesus christ are you gonna do that every time now because that was bad i know well Um, okay because i was actually gonna do like the i feel so good like that song but then i realized i feel good what that actually works then here we go Wow, what he do? Da, 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 da. Yeah, but see, yeah. we don't. Yeah, 
Well, you don't have to do that part. But I don't. Oh, just that part. Just do the wow, what he do part. You like this CBCU behind the curtain, behind the veil. That's a little bit of our creative process creative right, process there, right there. there. Okay, so for those of us, for those of you out there who are not familiar with what he do, it is a revolutionary game show that is taking the universe by storm. Um, what we do is Ig and I each have selected three three obscure comic book characters and we each get an opportunity to name that character the other person then has a small amount of time based solely off of the name to determine what do they do and uh you know we can also go into a little bit of like the background of the characters and so on they're always ridiculous we almost always get them wrong and that's how we play best uh best out of three on each side and occasionally we tie Right. <laughs> so who who wants to go first? Ig, you or you or me? You want to go first? Um, I'll go first. Sure. Okay. Do you want me to name a character to you first, or do you want to name a character to me first? I'll name a character to you. Okay. Cool. Let's do it. All that. right. This character is the very generically named adversary. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is, this is, by the way, this is a problem, or this is not a problem, this is part of the thing. Sometimes the characters are so broadly named that you just have no idea, and then other times they're so insanely, specifically, intricately named that you also have no idea. Um, adversary. Oh, what, dude? Um, the adversary is uh, a villain... To the Fantastic Four, in which he uh, has a gang of robots and mm. tries to commit crimes with his robot gang, and generally tries to muck up the plans of the Fantastic Four. I have no idea. That's a great fucking guess. Um, dead wrong though. Um, he can assume any form he desires. He may be fought successfully through magic, but not through most forms of physical force. He is vulnerable to iron, steel, and adamantium. Adamantium, that's very, I mean... I can, I mean I isn't, isn't, isn't everybody <laughs> yeah. susceptible um, to adamantium? So, of course, he's an X-Men villain because okay. he decided, I'm vulnerable to adamantium. Let me go after the crew that's got a guy with adamantium blades. <laughs> Smart move. Uh, yeah. What? That's an excellent idea by... The adversary. Yeah, terrible. Uh, so that's that's uh, that's adversary. Zero points. Zero points for me. Okay. Your first character is Power Broker. <laughs> Oof. Okay, Power Broker. Um, clearly powerful. So I'm going to go with that. Mm-hmm. Um... Maybe he's just like a guy who kind of gets people together to broker deals. And so just a regular almost, person that is a power broker as a that's a just job. Like a broker, but he uses these meetings as a way to fool everyone into a meeting type situation in a business room, in a business setting. Everyone comes business cash, dressed up get vision in like a business suit oh man and then he kind of like pulls the plug and is like 
now that I got you in my lair, time to die. Okay. So he's like an evil Bernie uh, Madoff. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to read you the description, and then we'll come to a conclusion as to whether you okay. get credit for this or not. Power broker who first appeared in Machine Man is a villain of U.S. agent who, if you can recall, is a kind of a Jace Captain America. Right. Um, Curtis Jackson wore a powerful exoskeleton that allowed him to move through flight. It also has a number of weapons like, but not limited to, lasers and claws. Yeah, that's nothing. Like I'm going to say zero points. Yeah, that's zero. That's that's fair. Um, all right, man, you ready for yours? Yes. Coming to you live. This character's name is Ringer. All right. <clears throat> the Ringer is an ex five star athlete. Mm. Okay, who mm. was crippled. In a horrible accident, but was visited by a magical creature that bestowed upon him extraordinary human strength and agility. But he's like in a wheelchair, and so people people think he can't do anything. They miss they mislabel him, and. But really, he's super powerful. And so he's able to take people by surprise. The Ringer. That's great. Um, so I've read Ringer's character wiki twice now. And there's no discernible powers for the Ringer. Um, his powers are listed as, should you not, one word, gadgets. Um, so essentially... The first sentence of the description of the Ringer is, a new person would don the Ringer costume. So, that means someone was the Ringer originally. <laughs> but there's no mention. There's no mention. There's no mention of this original Ringer. Um, the Ringer is basically, I guess, like a swarm. Because knows how to use gadgets well. So, did you get any of that? I mean, do you feel like you deserve any points for that? No, I think you're... Yeah, I don't think... I mean, I love your story. It was way more interesting than the actual ringer, but... No. It's not... It's just not right. Yeah, I don't I don't think I get anything for that. The ringer, I, I find from what I'm reading, is like one of those just like background bad guys who just kind of fills the page, but doesn't really do much. When you Like when you're drawing out a whole page of just bad guys doing things like he's just he just feels like an empty void by standing there he's just one of the background characters that gets knocked out really quickly yeah exactly uh are you ready for your second character yeah sure mandrill (laughs) well that's that's self-explanatory he is a man who can burrow himself into pretty much any type of wood or drywall situation because yeah. he's also a human drill okay um steel i mean you're out of options at that point but as long as it's a wood structure um and like i said drywall or like maybe sheet rock um he's your guy okay 
I'm going to read it to you. Okay. Uh, first appearance in Sheena the She-Devil. Mutant supervillain who can control women with his pheromones. No. <laughs> All right, let me read you his background, though. This is pretty good. Born to a physicist who was exposed to radiation from a nuclear reactor... Due to his freakish appearance, his father drove him into the desert and abandoned him at the tender age of 10. While wandering the desert, Jerome, <laughs> who would come across Necra. Oh, was, Necra was on our, was on uh, what she'd do in the past. Yeah. She was born. Wait, but check out Necra's thing. Necra, she was born from a cleaning lady who was <laughs> exposed by the same radiation accident as his father. These two would travel together and commit crimes to survive. Now older, both would now commit crimes for just the thrill of it. Mm. Both of them consider themselves to be brother and sister. No points for you, Ignacio. Oh, Mandrill controls women with his pheromones. So at no point does he drill into things. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm. I see what happened there. Well, <laughs> I feel like... I mean, I feel like no, you're advertising, but okay, fine. No. Um, last one, dude. You ready? Yeah. Your last character. Wow, zero, zero. Stalemate here. Have we ever gotten all zeros for both of us? This is it's about to happen, yeah. so get ready. I think so. Uh, your last character is Scryer. Scryer. All right. Scryer is of supreme intelligence. And somebody who is able to um, has vast knowledge of human history and maybe just history of the universe and can decipher any language or text or like hieroglyphics or anything like that. I think, okay, so. I'm going to give you half credit. I, the word I was literally looking for is like a god type character. Um, he's a godlike being that claims to be the architect of Earth. Um, but a lot of the powers he mentioned are also. Maybe I should give you full credit? I don't know. I mean. No, because I didn't really get the god thing. You didn't get the god thing. I don't get full credit. But if you think I. Um, I'm going to give you half. Is he like. His um, first appearance, um, yeah. by the way, you probably read it because he, he first appeared in Spider Man. The Jackal Files, number one. Oh, man. I have read that comic. I don't remember him being in that. Well, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure his face is the cover of it. No, that's Green Goblin. That's not him. I don't know what this is. Yeah. Oh, wait. I do know who that guy is. God damn it. Of course you do. But, like, I didn't remember him. He's not memorable in yeah. any way. So, yeah. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, all right. You ready for your last character? Ready. I think you have a good shot at this one. Punisher? No. Okay. Your your final what do you do character is Contemplator. Oh, okay. Simple. This is a guy who basically spends every minute of every hour of every day, of every month, of every year, thinking and overthinking things and it's just constantly in his head um but also because he thinks so much he's always two three steps ahead of you 
and knows what the future is going to bring because uh, he's just that smart. Um, not even that smart, just spends that much time contemplating, if you will, uh, what's going to be happening. Um, outside of that, just super smart. I mean, I guess I am going to say super smart with that kind of name. And um, pretty much uh, just an evil genius because yeah, he can come up with plans and schemes and, um, you know, pretty much put Lex Luthor to shame. So I'm going to go with that. All right. Contemplator, who uh, first appeared in Captain America and is both a Silver Surfer villain and ally at times. So, uh, okay. uh, the Contemplator is an elder of the universe from the Colsack Nebula. He has spent eternities in contemplation, developing the powers of his mind and spirit. So pretty much nailed it. You get a full point, sir. And oh, you have my God. This I round have... Wow. what do you do? That's, wow. It's an honor. Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, just dedications right now, everyone. Thank you. Um, just oof, couldn't have done it without you guys. Um, I got my favorite band, Sum 41, playing in the background right now. <laughs> and just... Uh, by the way, uh, that was a reference to my favorite Pokemon video of all time, which is a, a kid finding a shiny ponyta and losing his shit for about 10 minutes straight. Uh, the reason I watched it recently is because of this whole Pokemon craze, which yeah, we did not go into on this show. Yeah. But if you guys haven't seen that video, I highly recommend it. Uh, just look up Pokemon shiny ponyta and just enjoy. It's, uh, it's oh, just so good. So good. Nourishment for the soul. Like literally my favorite video on the internet of all time yeah. oh it's, it is for me it's number one it's I'm so good it's so so many classic lines off of that video well you uh, know what's so good man getting back to doing this podcast yeah. with you yeah. um this is uh this was fun um sorry if it took us a while to get back on but al was uh honestly man and thank you for your your work because you were tirelessly trying to get all these episodes up online and you did it yep and they're in order and it looks beautiful and i just spend most of my time now just looking at our iTunes page and seeing just the glory. So of many, so many on there. It is a chief. <laughs> it is a chief, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, guys, subscribe to us on iTunes. I think it's probably the best way to listen to our podcast anyway, because you'll get updates uh, when the new episodes come up. And that way you don't have to just hope that they appear on Facebook. Uh, I think you can also subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Uh, as always, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Email us if you have any questions, cbcharacters at gmail.com. But until next week, the Fortress of Potitude is closed. Stay super, everyone. Later, guys. Later.